Continuing to read as we have been doing for several weeks now in the Gospel according to John, this week, chapter 11, reading various verses throughout this long chapter, the story of the raising of Lazarus. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Several verses pass in the story. Verse 41, so they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, being Jesus, boldly addresses life and death matters. Because life and death matters demand attention. That particular subject has persisted in history since Eden, since creation, for sure. Every now and then, it reappears center stage throughout human history. Times like wars, depressions, plagues, disasters, like now. COVID-19 has focused our attention on all sorts of important matters in our world with life and death urgency. So even though Jesus spoke to his disciples and the people around him a long time ago, he speaks to us pretty profoundly today as well. We have been following the path that John guides us on uh, as we make our way with Jesus to Jerusalem on our Lenten journey. John is not obliged to follow the path of the other writers. 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke focused on facts and details related to Jesus's life, where he was uh, more specifically and carefully about what he said. Good stuff, important stuff. John, however, is more interested in divine truths, what I like to call big T truths, rather than simple facts along life's way. John is more interested in these larger truths rather than an accurate chronology of Jesus' days on earth. The disciples of Jesus, who followed him on this winding path going toward Jerusalem, didn't always understand his detours. Some of them were quite practical. He'd been teaching in Jerusalem just before this part of the story, and it led to him nearly being stoned. And so he thought, maybe it's time to leave Jerusalem for a while. And so he does. He escapes down to the region near the Jordan River. It wasn't that far away, but it was down to the Jordan and up to Jerusalem. So even though it was only a few miles, you didn't make the trip all that often. So he felt safe there or at least safer. And while he was there, he heard of the death of Lazarus. So what's the importance of Lazarus? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother, were fast friends and supporters of Jesus. When Jesus and the disciples showed up in Bethany, quite often they ate and stayed at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus's house. They were important people in the life of the ministry that Jesus was carrying out. And Martha and Mary, whose brother has died, realized and knew that Jesus, the healer, was close by, and certainly he would come quickly and help. Jesus doesn't. Jesus tarries by the Jordan. And Lazarus dies. That, of course, caused all sorts of anxiety and sadness and even a bit of anger in the situation. And Jesus decides, because Jesus can do this, Jesus decides that it is the right time to teach a much larger lesson about life and death and life. And so he goes back to Bethany and is greeted not happily by Mary and Martha, but uses the time to teach this foundational lesson. What's the lesson? It's really quite simple. Earthly life ends for all living beings. And, or if you prefer, however, or but, death does not have the last word. Jesus raises Lazarus to exemplify this point. Even though Lazarus has been in the tomb long enough now for, for the sisters to worry about the smell, Jesus commands him to come out. And he does. And then he commands the folks around to unbind him and to restore him to his family 
and indeed to all of humanity for the lessons that we can learn from him. So what is the lesson? The lesson is important for us, but it's important for all people at all time. Death, you can't see my notes, but I've got a capital D on that one. Death and deaths with a small d are regular human occurrences. So what's the difference? All humans, all animate life dies. Each individual, each thing, each substance, each being dies. That's a definite truth. The small deaths are not always as noticeable, but they occur all the time around us. So COVID-19 is, as we have often said to each other, a never-before time or experience. The closest that we can come to is the 1918 Spanish flu uh, epidemic. And as far as I can tell, no, none of us was there. I don't even believe we have a member in the congregation that is that old, but maybe we do. This is a never-before-in-our-lifetime experience. And we're watching it unfold as we live our lives. Human illness and the death toll is ratcheting upward. That's the big D reality. There's illness and there is death. We could pretend it's not occurring, but, but we would be fooling ourselves, wouldn't we? And there are assorted little d deaths that we're dealing with, a whole bunch of ways that we do things we take for granted, like worship and work and school. All of these things have died, at least temporarily. Eleven-plus years of economic prosperity that we have been celebrating and benefiting from History is not happening right now. Quite the opposite. This is bad news. We understand that. It's not the first time we humans have dealt with this sort of bad news. And we Christians in particular live with the reality that Jesus faces down our fears, our anxieties, our death and unbinds us, as John was unbound, from the multiple strips of stuff that hold us in place. We live in that reality, that reality, that faith, that hope that we know and we experience, that, that these strips are around us tightly now, it seems, and they will be removed, because they have been removed in the past. And so it's in the face of death, big D, little d, whatever kind of death you want to describe. It is in the face of death that we live our lives, hopefully and joyfully, and being open to new things that God is doing around us. Trust me, I expect that all of us, none of us wants to stay in this situation forever. As much as we are overjoyed to be able to offer this worship time today, we 
will long for the days when our pews will be full again, and they will be. Still, there are valuable and vital truths that are associated with, and perhaps, unfortunately, perhaps the only time we can learn them is in times like these. I'm not suggesting that we need to see or find the truths in the middle of the fog that we are presently in, but some we can. And when our 2020 vision returns, I hope and pray that we will take the time to look back and remember them, because they will be there for us to find. I was looking around for a fitting example to use for this meditation today. And I finally came up with one. Uh, We understand that all living organisms uh, in the world live and die. The oldest organism that uh, folks have found is, is a tree, and it's called pando. It's an 80,000-year-old quaking aspen in Utah. I couldn't believe it. I had to do a little bit more research. Nothing can live 80,000 years, right? Scientists agree that this quaking aspen has lived for 80,000 years. And it's kind of interesting. At least it was for me, and I hope it is for you too. It's a colony, actually, of visible trees, and the colony of visible trees on the surface of the earth kind of come and go as the years come and go. And they are all associated with a single root system that is, in fact, 80,000 years old. I thought, that's kind of like the Church of Jesus Christ. Churches, yes, come and go. We may not like to admit that, but they do. People come and go. But we are tied eternally into an existing system that remains forever. Our existing visible way of life right now, what we've grown accustomed to and happy with mostly, Like those quaking aspens, it's quaking mightily these days. That is sure. The big D and the little d death toll is rising, and that's awful, which is why we do what we're doing today. We're staying away from people. And we gear up as the church because we are still alive, to meet the challenges that we face this day. Remembering, remembering that we are rooted in an eternal system of life. I can assure you that in a few months, we would like it to be less than that, but in a few months, we will exhale with relief, maybe even closer than six foot from one another. And in those few months, as we look back, we will notice that everyday average life has changed. 
in bad ways, in negative ways, in good ways, in ways that really are neither here nor there. But they will change as we look back on them. And we, as a church, we will rise again like Lazarus. And we will be like Jesus, agents of restoration and reconciliation in our community and in our world. We're suffering some of those small D deaths these days. We hope and pray for everybody's protection so that the large D deaths are minimized in our community and in our world. But we know that we will rise again because we are even older than Pando, the quaking aspens of Utah. We will rise again and we will continue to be God's people. Of that, of that you can be assured. Thanks be to God. Amen.